Good morning and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees in the Multicultural Mess. Um, the new topic for today is Mecca. Uh, if I say the word, you're going to say, oh, well, Islam. Well, no, I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with this. Um, I fell on this topic because I was researching something else completely different over over years and during the COVID-19 outbreak I was sitting at home and talking to a friend while trying to fill my time this was the first episode uh first sorry first uh, wave of COVID-19 I think was around 2020 um she she too is an immigrant from a predominantly desert country and she looked at the camera and did a disgusted look and mentioned that her her native country was handling the situation very badly government was not telling her the truth um she grumbled all you know all the whole day the whole talk and we were you know trying to 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 just get out her frustration she was worried about her family and she she managed to say, she happened to say that, you know, all the country had to do was make makeshift tent hospitals in the desert. And where there was a lot of space, the heat of the sun would automatically kill off these bacteria, these germs. She said, there's a lot of space in the desert in our country. And I was like, the patients, she said, could be transferred there uh, and, and the heat would neutralize all the, you know, viruses. <sighs> The desert, she said, could be a natural isolation for her infected citizens. And um, she was really down. And I was stunned at her suggestion and said, you know what? You absolutely have a point. You're so right. Then I hung up the phone and I could not stop thinking. My mind went to the wandering, far-flung desert of the world as far back as the ancient times. You see, natural sunlight does kill pathogens or germs and viruses. So isolating yourself in the desert like the Sinai or around in Saudi Arabia or North Africa or in Mecca would have been away from the centers of trade would be the best way to way of, of, of surviving a pandemic. If we realize that Mecca is not on the trade routes, there's a reason for that. People say, well, you know what? It's not on trade routes. It's never been trade there. And, and, and Islam says, well, it was a center of trade, but it's not in any trade routes. Um, so what is this place that they were? It's so isolated. Why was it chosen for its isolation? Because that's what the ancient people did. In order to isolate their citizens from the viruses, they choose to um, take up, they choose to send them away, isolate them, just like we have COVID red zones. If it's a red zone, you can't go this. You're isolating the person. And this is what they wanted to do. As history repeats itself, we're in the midst of another major pandemic and the planet has shut down. And I cannot even imagine this happening before in history. What would they have done? Or has it happened? So maybe we're just looking history upside down. In reality, we invoke pandemics every day without realizing what we're saying. If you Google pandemics or, pan or volcanic eruptions in the 11th, you will see a huge selection of material. You, can, you can't go through all of them. You could try over a given span of time. But in the ancient world, when there were pandemics, what would they do? Social distancing, what would that look like? How would they invoke distance from their neighbors, clans, or tribe? 
Remember, the word quarantine, as we have now, means isolation from 40 days. Okay, so uh, it's a Latin word. Uh, quarantine comes from there. If you answer uh, what did they do for isolation in, in the past, your answer is believe in God, you're right. Since this, this episode is about religions that became regimes, well, invoking a divine solution to this problem would be the real thing. It's unfortunate this pandemic is really the best wake-up call to explain what our religions and their regimes uh, did all over the centuries and thousands of years. Look back at when our Abrahamic religions started and you and you will see they all start around the time of pandemics. So to make a long story short, Abrahamic ideologies are Arabia's answer to climate change and pandemics. Why is that? Well, you see, if you look at all these religions, they are they they either they come out of the three main one the three Abrahamic ones you got the Levant, uh, Jerusalem, uh, uh, Israel, uh, Mecca, Saudi Arabia, Hinduism, uh, uh, Jainism, Buddhism, Sikhism, all coming from South Asia. So the whole this this region is all the same. They they come from nowhere else in on the planet, but they come from this region. There's something wrong here. So what is this place? Well, if you see. The African continent originally, as researchers say, it actually was part of the South American plate, the South American continent. It was one and then they split. A uh, huge fault developed and they split over the millions of years. And they say about 350 million odd years ago, it split, moved eastwards and and the area where it's now then, then moved northwards towards the European plate. The area where it's now was sea. It was called the Tethys Sea. The Tethys Sea disappeared because this uh, continent plate, tectonic plate, came up and banged against the European continent. And what is remaining of the Tethys Sea is the Mediterranean Sea. That's all. Nothing else is left, and that's it. But the land below the seabed rose up because you you're having a te- you have a tectonic plate banging against uh, the the continent. It, there's a seabed. The seabed has to go somewhere. The water can overflow, but not the seabed. So when the seabed came up, that seabed, which was originally part below the sea, this Tetisi, was now part, is now what we call as Arabia and uh, North Africa. That was all the Tetis seabed. And that's why you have these formations, because this was all the bottom of the sea, and it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But the area where the, the continents uh, collided um, in the southern hemisphere is what it's called as um, is what is called as the Nubian as a fault line. So the Arabian plate, that is Saudi Arabia, and the African plate, um, the t- um, or Arab Nubian. Nubian, sorry, Arabo Nubian plate um, extends from the Sinai pe- Peninsula towards Syria up north, and you can go up all the way to Greece, uh, further up into the European continent, and it's called the Dead Sea Rift. Um, it's a, it's more than fourteen hundred kilometers long, a complex transformed fault line along the Arabian plate, and these two tectonic plates below the earth which form the continents on the top are always always friction this is the main one of the the main 
fault lines of the planet, and the other is the Pacific uh, Rim, as we know. And that's why you see uh, all these uh, volcanic eruptions, you see earthquakes happening along the the this Dead Sea Rift or this fault line. Um, and all these, um, if you go on and research the fault lines, the volcanic eruptions of, of, of the ancient world, you will see it, it matches very clearly this zone. And that's why even Arabia or the Red Sea uh, the, along the coast, the, the land along the Red Sea coast is very seismic. All this area is seismic, very, very seismic. So just to go back briefly, uh, when these Abrahamic religions started, um, obviously uh, um, volcanic eruptions started way before. Um, the Jewish Israelite uh, exodus in 1200 BCE, or some say 1500 BCE, could have been likely due to a geological ca catalysm. And that's why you have plague and, and lava, lava coming down from the heavens. And the Israelites, who didn't know much back then, and civilization thought this was a, a curse from God. Uh, and precisely why they, they started praying and they invented their religion because they got saved. For somehow they, they were saved in this, in this time. But the exodus was because of a cataclysm. So a cataclysm means, you know, um, volcanic eruptions, uh, tr um, tremors, a breakdown in civil society. And, you know, the administration, the uh, military, uh, and all this could have been a key to the escape, where we glorify it as the Israelite exodus. The Jews spent 40 years in the desert, some say 400, which was actually probably could have been 40 days. We don't know. The word 40 comes up. And that 40 then translated into quarantine, um, which we have today. The number four comes up all the time. It really depends on who you talk to and the interpretation of facts and the context. The bottom line is during this pandemic, when the world was perceived to be collapsing around them, the ancient Hebrews self-isolated themselves in the Sinai Desert, near Midianite territory, out of fear that the world around them was coming to an end due to plague, disease, and conflict. The more I look at, look at it, the more I think it's possible. The Israelite exodus is actually a reaction of a people to a cataclysm and ensuring pandemic of the region. Um, it was never meant to be a religion. Basically, we're praying to an uh, ancient geological fault line which created, uh, uh, which created an exodus, which created a break in civil society and an exodus. Um, we may look at history and say it was wrong or maybe we think, oh, how stupid they were. However, from their vantage point in the middle of what they could have perceived was the end of the world, they did what they did to survive, and my hat's off to them. I say, well done, folks. And they adjusted adjusted for their time. The solution, however, only becomes a problem if your solution is later institutionalized and now becomes a norm. The norm became an ideology, <clears throat> a religion, an empire, and later an imperialism. Or should I say, uh, an empire, imperialism, and then an ideology. Whichever one you want to look at first. 3,500, 3,000 years later, we do... We do not remember, or should I say 3,500 years later, we do not remember. Now the problem causes conflicts, poverty, loss of life, viruses, illnesses, pandemics, and we are staring at a solution. We have come a full circle. 
So let's look at some Jewish laws that were institutionalized during this time. And we think they're very stupid today, but during the event of a pandemic, it made sense. Kosher. Half the planet who knows anything about Jews have, have heard about kosher laws. Actually, it's a dietary food they call kashrut. It uh, relates to what people of Jews can eat. Once kashrut laws are applied, the food becomes kosher, meaning deemed fit for con- consumption. And the foods are normally checked for insects, infectious disease, and then sold to the clients. In 1275 BCE, the Torah was received at the Sinai from God and accepted by Israelite slaves who fled from Egypt. In the midst of a pandemic, when the leaders of groups that fled Egypt realized that the food available to their tribes and clans were contaminated, what do you think they would have come up with? When all around them was crumbling, disease was settling in, they knew only that they had face, were facing extinction. They had to do something to make sure the food was clean, their food was checked, verified, and they ate only certain fish. And the meat that came from areas that were not contaminated around them. Of course, over 3,500 years approximately, the range of food and laws had been expanded upon. Um, the problem is that today it's a huge money-making industry justified by God. So when the solution becomes institutionalized and then there's a divine agenda and fought about for 3,000 years in which millions of people are killed, the solution now becomes a problem. Um, so that's just one example. You also have um, something called halakha, uh, Jewish law. Uh, when a person dies, he is in a state of uncleanliness or ultimate ultimate impurity. There's a ritual purification that takes place to render the corpse clean or pure and then the corpse is buried. This process is called tahara or tohara. Coincidentally, in Islam, a practice of ritual purification is also called tahara. There exists specially trained Jews who are allocated the task of purifying the body called Shevra Kadisha. Today, they exist volunteer groups to carry out the task. So in the modern world, if someone from your entourage dies and you tell them, do not touch the body, and that he or she is unclean, you'd slap them. The ignorance of ritual purification is insulting to the modern world. A corpse could be someone you love. Um, after leaving, just minutes before leaving this world. So how can you not touch the, the cops? But after leaving it, its last breath, all of a sudden your loved one becomes unclean. So, you know, that's terrifying for us today. But in those days, it would, there was a context to it. Well, all Jewish law originated in the oral Torah in the Sinai, an ancient Israelite group that were in the midst of a pandemic caused by geological cataclysm. It was more likely that the dead person died from attracting a disease or plague at a time and touching the body could have transmitted the plague to you. Only specific groups were allowed to touch a dead corpse. Um, And this is why we have cemeteries on the outskirts of villages and communities. The Mount of Olives in Jerusalem is a perfect example. At the time of plague, people would risk people who would risk their lives to purify and bury the dead. Uh, if an Israelite touched or approached the body, he would be considered unclean. This state of uncleanliness would require the person who handled the body would have to self-isolate for six days until he or she was purified and would be considered ritually clean again. If a person who handled a corpse that died more than likely after contracting a plague, a self-isolation would give enough time for the handler to know he or she contracted a disease. Um, it's very same today. You 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 meet someone who's sick. You go into a hospital. You go somewhere. Fourteen days isolation. Those days were six because the seventh day was Sabbath. Uh, so you know, really, uh, it was 
they did exactly the same thing. The labels were different, but the mentality is the same. Circumcision is the same. Uh, you've got many, many concepts uh, that arose from here. And here we are today doing exactly the same. And we, we, we would never consider this pandemic as religion or ideology. Uh, but they did back then, and we're still believing in it today. And now we uh, use the H word against uh, someone else who doesn't agree with us. Just to give you a quick idea going back, um, we come to the Old Testament, um, and we'll just look at it briefly before going to the concept of Mecca, because this is where it would have started from or, or passed through. Um, Briefly going back to the Old Testament, we hear about the story of Abraham, Ishmael, and Hagar, spelt Agar. Um, in Genesis 16.1, 16, sorry, chapter 16, verses 1 to 16, chapter 21, verses 8 to 21. The story tells us of how Abraham leaves Hagar in the desert with her son Ishmael with only a few dates and some water, where she which she eventually runs out. She's left to eventually fend for herself. Islam says the story happened in Mecca, but the geographical location seems to be Petra. In a region of massive earthquakes and subsequent pandemics, which were normal than exception, this could have affected Hagar and her son. Leaving Hagar in isolation in an area not far from a well and running or running water stream, but still in some protection of the high mountains of the area, would not have been unforeseen. The reason Abraham leaving her in the valley is giving is given as friction between his wife Sarah and the concubine Hagar. The reason could be much more serious considering considering the geographical area and constant conflict and pandemics of its time. Um, not so leaving it out this context of any literature was a strategy um, not to bring unwanted attention uh, to the event because someone who contracted the plague would be considered as unclean. Very important to understand that. Concentrating on the divine gave the Hebrews and the leadership more credit for, or brownie points, as we would say today. So I've spoken for about 18 minutes right now. I'm going to take a break, and I'll come back with a second episode on this. Uh, the title is Religions, Regimes, and Refugees, and their Multicultural Mess, and the context today is Mecca. Thank you.